Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We are good. I'm good on the Saturday morning. I know. I feel so mellow and chill. Like I know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's fall. That's what it is. Like huh? it's, it's the sweater weather. I had to pull my sweaters out of the closet. Listen, <laughs> I am here for sweater weather. Yes. I feel like it's my favorite. You can kind of like Netflix and chill. Mm, and it's not snowing yet. Are you ready for this? No. no. We talk about this all the time. Isha is from Mississippi, it. and she almost lost her mind when she saw, like, one snowflake. Oh, my oh gosh. And it's in the forecast for next week. I think it's supposed to snow, like, on yeah. Thursday. I'm just like... But I, I don't think ready. it'll be it's, a lot wait, this wait, time. Hold on. I know. Rewind. But you're ready. This yeah. Thursday? Yeah. This like, Thursday. Like, like this one coming wait, up. Yeah. Wait, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, like the one after Wednesday, like snow, snow, like snow, snow, like snow, snow. It's gonna be slushy and it's not gonna stay long, but mm-hmm. it's just a taste of. But it's, it's a snow. precursor, um, yeah, yes. of the winter madness that Wait, we have. But it has to make its announcement. Now. Yeah, Doesn't I guess. Snow in October? It is that to. legal? It's not legal in but Chicago. It does happen. It is. No. <laughs> <laughs> what has in it Chicago, really snowed anything? I should know this. Listen, we should know this Yeah. When it snowed in April, I was done. I'm just like, look, yeah. it will not leave, but no, it's coming early. I just, does anybody hate snow more than me? I probably, feel yeah. like... Probably me because I've experienced it a lot longer than you have. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't just love it? No, I don't love it. Man. I was born in January, and Ooh. I don't like cold, and I don't like snow. Mm. I don't like the cold either. See, my I was born in November, yep. November first to I be know. exact. So uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. call that. <laughs> we know next, but I hate sun, next Friday. Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's fine. After you celebrate, mine is the tenth, so I'll just come right come behind on, you. November, let's do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. After November, I feel like deep in my heart, we could like go back to like we could either go backwards and like stay in fall for real, for real. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. For like, a little bit, right? Other states do it. Why we can't do it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all about that two-season life, you know? Yeah. Spring and fall. I, could do that. I don't need the hot, hot summer, summer I and like I don't need hot, the cold, cold winter mm-hmm. or the snow. Mm-hmm. So. So, what, so like where would be your ideal place to live then? My ideal place um, anywhere that don't experience four seasons. Oh, where doesn't where like what do you know? Mississippi. Look, I can't even get it out. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't, where? I, don't, I don't know if I want to move to Mississippi. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got roots in Mississippi, uh-huh. but I don't know if I want to move there. Yeah, no. But no, I love it. No, I love it. Well, but. you know, it used to be that there were some states that didn't get like four seasons. Mm-hmm. Right, they may have gotten like two, mm-hmm. sometimes two three. And a half. But now, with, with global warming and all this, now you don't know anything. Right. I mean, places that didn't get snow are getting feet of snow, mm-hmm. not inches, feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people that get snow forever are like in swimming trunks. <laughs> yeah. in yeah. December, who does that? Right. Yeah. Well, that. Other than my changing. brothers who live in Florida who call me in the middle of January and say, oh, it's 83 degrees mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, wish. I just want to retire on somebody's island and just yeah. drink margaritas. Well, most nice. most islands get two. 
Yeah, Mo- most of your islands get two seasons, and it's not even a winter and summer thing. They get they get the, what they call their hot season, and then yeah. they get their rain season. The hurricane. You know? Okay, yeah. So, I but can that, come that's back the that's here. the thing, right? Because when it's rain time, it's uh-huh. like you know you need a boat, you need swimming lessons. It's that serious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have a boat. I know how to. <laughs> come back during hurricane season because I just don't have I don't have the time but it's beautiful here though like I I like the four seasons because I wasn't used to that so when I got here I'm just like this is nice it oh, is. Cool. It's nice to look at. Oh, it is nice to look like at. It. There you go. Nice. If I'm at home with hot chocolate or coffee mm-hmm. and it's snowing and it's blustery and we live in the south suburbs, so we go through the forest preserve a lot. We have to go to the forest preserve to get to anywhere we're going. Mm. And so in the wintertime, it's beautiful. It's the snow and it's like a postcard. Yeah. And then you get out your car and, and you you're miserable. Yeah. Get all of it. Trying to get in your car. You're going to have <laughs> right. to shovel your way in your car. It is beautiful. I will give you that, but I, I feel like Christmas, not Christmas. Well, I'm gonna talk about Christmas, but I feel oh like boy. snow's only purpose should be for Christmas. I'll Christmas even do, Day only. I'll even do Christmas Eve to be in the Christmas spirit, but Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then after that, like, go away. Like I understand, <laughs> I understand why God made the rain. I get that. You know what I'm saying? Stuff has to grow. I understand, you know, the leaves got to fall. Like, I understand all of that. But snow? But you, I can do it. Right. I know you're, there's a purpose for it. I don't like it, but there is one for real. Do you know? Yes, I do. Oh, tell <laughs> us, please. Okay, here, here is the purpose of snow. For, for real. For real, for real. For real, for real. And I, I found this out from some guys. I used to live in, like, the country part of, of Illinois. Uh, yeah. And everybody down there just knew everything, you know? <laughs> And so, uh, I, I, one time it snowed so bad, I was like, and they were they're like, man, we got all this snow, I'm so happy, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I'm going, why are you so happy about this snow? And he looked at me, you don't know? I'm like, no, I don't know. He said, when the snow is on the ground, and it's, it's, it's heavy and thick, mm-hmm. it produces nitrogen oh. that goes into the ground. And it makes the soil really, Rich really for good farmers. for farmers. Ah, so when it sense. doesn't snow like that, they actually hire trucks really? to come out and pump nitrogen in the ground. So when it snows, they save money because that's why the Midwest is known for such great harvesting of food and corn because we get so much of that darn snow. Mm. And they love it because it, it, it puts nitrogen. It, it freezes the ground, nitrogen goes in there, and the soil gets really rich for food. Wow. <laughs> Gabby. Well, shut See? me up real quick. Well, you know I still hate it though, but I, 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 I'm, I'm a really smart man. You are. You better hate yourself really for your man. smart. I'm going to bail for my man. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm with you. I can't stand stuff. I heard all my life, oh, you live in Chicago all your life. Don't you get used to it? No. 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 Not at all. No. You think, like, I feel like as, like, summer, spring, and then fall, as all those come, you're like, okay, winter, I could do it. And then when it gets here, you're like, why am I here? Why do I live here? in a place where the air hurts my face? Yeah. Like, I oh hate this. Yeah. And then we all, everybody always says, oh, I'm moving. Like, I'm not going to be here next year. I'm going to go. <laughs> and, yeah, and then winter comes are. around again, and we are still here. And yes. here we are. <laughs> You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Whatever. Well, for those of you who are just tuning in, we thank you so much for joining us on this gloomy, hopefully the sun comes out. 
right. Saturday morning. You could be doing anything, but you are listening to us. And for those of you who are new, um, Vault Talks Women Share um, is a radio show, and this platform is full of empowerment. It's a place where women can come together to learn more and share about matters which pertain to their world. It's on this platform where we are able to share about fashion, love, relationships, current events, business, entrepreneurship, support, and of course, ways to be empowered as women. Yes. I know, isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, as, as you have guessed, Takara, she's not here. She has left Isha and myself here once again, so we are gonna have a twerk party. <laughs> And if she <laughs> calls or texts or if she's listening, I'm not going to answer the phone. I never do it. She always That's all right. She's probably me. watching on live. She, she specifically told me to go live wow. so she can watch. She always has spies. Wow. And I'm the big sister, although she, this is her show, so I have to do what she tells me to do. Hey, Takara. Hi, Takara. Whatever. Just messed up their vibe. No, I'm sorry. I should have waited until we were like halfway into the show halfway to tell you all. It's okay because if she calls, I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work. <laughs> it don't nothing work. Oh, this is, this well, is funny. This is funny. Well, I am so happy to have you guys here. Miss Ruby, you've been here before. Yes, I have. But you brought a special guest. Do you want to introduce who it is? Yes, I brought my Mr. Amazing with me this Ooh. morning. Woohoo! And I'm not, that's just not fluff talk. He is my Mr. Amazing. Um, we have been married for just short of 17 years, and every day, every year gets better and better. And so, this is my Mr. Amazing, Tony Powell. Oh, it's so I'm, good to have you. Yeah, I'm that's the, right. I'm, the, I'm, I'm the honored one. Look, I, I get to be in, hey, all you guys don't hate, I get to be in on the girl set today. That's right. You know, <laughs> these empowering women allowed me in today. So I'm, hey, I'm in the right this place, is man. Perfect. Wow. It is. Well, it's the fourth Saturday. So we always have our he said, she's, she, she, she said. look, I can't even get it out. It's a tongue twister. He said, she said, they share, which is our relationship segment. Well, that is a tongue twister. It is. It <laughs> so is. we are so happy to have both of you on here. We're going to get into why you're here in a second to discuss all the good stuff you guys have going on. Um, but like Isha was saying, we always start off with a quote. Yeah. And we're going to dialogue. So are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready. Of all course. Right. Here we go. Without communication, there is no relationship. Without respect, there is no love. Without mm. trust, there is no reason to continue. Wow. <laughs> now, that's a tongue twister, too. Isn't it? You want me to say it one more time? Yeah, do okay, that one more time. Without communication, there is no relationship. Mm -hmm. Without respect, there is no love. Without trust, there is no reason to continue. You want to you wanna get that one first, huh? No, I want to hear what you all have to say. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the new kid on the block, so don't throw me in the water. Let me, let me hear what you guys have to say. Can I get a feel for everything? You know, he act like he's new to media. I, I, oh, I did you've, not, you've done the 
I'm he's not new to movies. He's done jingles. I'm not he's new done to movies. All of that. Yeah. So he's so like, you're, play, you're playing. No, he's playing I'm, us. I'm trying to be a guest. I'm the guest today. But you're not but, a guest. As soon as you walk into this door. building, okay. you're a part. And your wife has been here, and you, the two shall become one. Come on. So yes, technically, since she's been no, here, you, you did. Oh, I did. Cool. <laughs> the two can be. I'm ratchet, but I'll always say. If that's one thing I do know is my work. <laughs> You're not ratchet, girl. You a, you a want to oh be ratchet. You a classy, yeah, you a classy ratchet. I am. You a want to be like, ratchet. You know, yeah. way over the edge. Yeah. I do have some class. You know, yeah. you do. You have a lot of class. But that's a good one, though. Um, you know what? And communication is key. And in everything that we do in life, whether it's in relationship, regardless of what type of relationship. Right whether it's intimate relationship, whether it's work relationship, whether it's friendship relationship, communication is key. And so often people think that they're communicating with one another and they're really just talking at each yes. other. And so communication is the deeper level of uh, just talking. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can talk and we can talk and we can talk. And so often people walk away with a misunderstanding because they have failed to communicate. Mm. And all they've done is talked at each other. Yeah. And either it's a one-sided conversation, a, a monologue, mm. versus a dialogue. And when you're dialoguing, each person should have the freedom to express them, to express what they want to say and what they need to say and have what they say respected. And so... Um, if that's not happening or if we're listening to respond versus listening to understand, then that's when communication begins to break down. And that happens so often. That's so good. I think that understanding piece, and we talked about that last week in communication, you can communicate all day. You can communicate in a negative way, Mm -hmm. in a derogatory way. It's still communication. But if you don't create, first of all, I feel like you have to create a safe space absolutely um whomever you're you know trying to get your point across to to let them know whatever is said here i'm not going to hold it against you later um i'll do my best not to take something personally but if i do it's still a safe space where i feel safe enough that i can share whatever is on my mind Mm. um and then like you said listening to understand that understanding piece i feel is so key because we could be having a conversation. It could be a safe space. But if I have one way that I'm perceiving what you're saying to me and you're thinking the person gets it, and then we leave and nothing changes, yeah. then we got a whole nother we issue. We have a whole nother dynamic. So um, I always um, try to say, okay, what I'm hearing you say is this, this, and this. The yes. reflective the refle- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is so important, too. Yeah. Understanding yeah. and then reflecting on what happened because that's the worst thing i feel like having a conversation and feeling like you're getting somewhere or getting through to somebody just to walk away just as confused as when you started yeah yeah and and that's it reflective listening is huge because if that's not what the person really intended to say because sometimes we say words that we don't intend to say right yes and then we say them and we expect the person to be able to understand yeah Yeah. decode I like Mm -hmm. that word to decode and get the underlying meaning when they all they heard is the words yeah Mm -hmm. that you didn't intend to say right Mm -hmm. and so that gives the the reflective listening and feedback gives them the opportunity to say well no that's not really what I said or that's not really what I meant 
and give them the opportunity to clarify so that you can walk away with a better understanding. Oh, that sounds so good, but that don't happen all the time. It doesn't. <laughs> no. It don't happen. You know why it don't happen? I'm going to let you get in just a second. You could. I'm, I'm good. The reason why it don't happen is because we're listening to respond, and then yeah. we're gathering those hurts and those feelings oh, and all, all of that, that stuff. All of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. that causes us to not take the time to say, okay, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to do that. We gather all of those hurt feelings, and then we walk away hurt, and we stay hurt, unfortunately. And Gabby mentioned the safe space. I think that takes a lot of mental preparation. Big time. It takes time um, to kind of prepare yourself. A lot of people don't go into conversations that way. Um, like you said, they have all their feelings and emotions, and they're just ready to get out how they feel mm-hmm. and what they think. Um, communication is key, but it's not common. Ooh. A lot of people don't <laughs> Wait, know Wait, come on, Aisha, come on. Where's the bell? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bring it on you yourself, bell, girl. Bring it on yourself. <laughs> it's, it's really not, because I, I listen um, and how she explained it. Like, we all learn how to talk, but we don't learn how to communicate. Right. And that's why it's a lot of... Um, misunderstandings uh, a lot of relationships that can't seem like they can't be mended because we're just not willing to really listen to understand Mm, yeah and you know what you you said something so important what you just said a lot of people they think they're communicating but they're not Mm -hmm. they're dialoguing right Mm -hmm. they're just sharing words right yeah they're just sharing narratives Mm -hmm. but until you get to the place where you're willing in the course of sharing that, to actually be open about what it is you're feeling right. and communicate that as well. You you know, they, they talk about having empathic listening, being able to, to listen, but be able to say back, you know what, this is what I think I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And see, that's the catalyst for relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not just what you say, but how are we going to connect on this in relationship after we say it. Right, right, right. Because a lot of conversations come up, but you walk away and it's still unresolved. Right. And then the situation comes back around again because it wasn't resolved the first time. Yeah. 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 A lot of miscommunication in relationships. And then I also think walking away from a conversation, um, I realize this, that you're not always going to walk away feeling good about the person or the situation, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think whether you get an apology or not, um, after that conversation, the responsibility falls on you. On you. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on what it is. I feel like if you're in your feelings, it falls on you to work through those feelings and be a, being realistic about where you're at if you're not in a place to forgive. Okay, well, you have to work on that. Um, or if you are in a place to forgive and you have verbalized that, you still have to work through whatever feelings and emotions you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is also a responsibility on the other person if they say, oh, I'm going to do better in this area. Of course, they should be held accountable. But I used to think that, okay, once we have a conversation, we're good. And sometimes it is that way. You can talk about it mm-hmm. and be done, move on. That's it, that's all. But there are some things that people do and say, and you're like, I still don't feel like I want to talk to you right now. And that's okay. And And that is perfectly okay because, like you you said, it started out saying, sometimes we walk away from conversations not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And so that's our time to take the time to process 
why I'm not why am I not feeling good why did that affect me the way it did yeah. why did I receive what they said the way I did and so you you have to process through those feelings that's the only way that you can circle back and say hey can we talk about this a little bit more yeah. can we get a different understanding and if the person says well yeah you know let's talk about it because sometimes people mean what they say but they don't mean to have it affect you the way that it did. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that truth is truth, and we don't always feel good behind the truth that we hear. But if the person is speaking the truth and you know that they love you and you know that they care about you, then it gives you an open door to be able to come back and say, let's talk about this a little bit more because I do want to have a better understanding. Mm-hmm. And I want us to not walk away, either one of us, with bad feelings. Right. I think that goes into the next part of the quote of respect. Like, mm-hmm. if you have respect for someone, you will value what they have to say. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it hurts or not. So, yeah. Um, what part was Without that? respect, Without there is no love. Okay, That's right. Yeah. yeah. So That's um, true. That is true. That's mm-hmm. very true. I don't understand how people are in relationships when they don't respect one another. Right. I, I mean, I do, and I see it a lot, um, but it's that's those are those relationships where there are a lot of arguments, mm-hmm. a lot of tension, um, a lot of words just thrown around that they don't really take responsibility for. It mm-hmm. just, you know, use certain words very loosely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it happens a lot, and I think people should be more aware of how they treat the people that they say that they love. Yeah. And a lot of times that's hard. Because respect requires that you want to treat someone as they would treat you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even know how they want to be treated. Wow! Yeah. So many people don't know how to respect someone because they haven't even really learned how to respect themselves. Mm. Because the definition that respect has to do with how people have treated you. Mm-hmm. In your childhood, in your work environment, in your place, and so that's the that's usually what we take on as the the, the template mm-hmm. for respect. Mm-hmm. And in some people's as, uh, ideas of respect are in a totally different place. Right. Respect does not mean I idolize you. Right. Mm. That's that have, ego. Right. Yeah. You have to be careful that respect is not motivated by your ego mm-hmm. or, or by the template that you have that may be unrealistic. Right. Which is why I love the order of how they put that. I mm-hmm. do too. The order, I do. and that's really what I was yeah. listening for. I was listening at the order that they put it, mm-hmm. and it's in the right order. Mm-hmm. It is. It's communication. Then they have relationship, respect, love, and then trust. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, getting back to it, it it's it's in perfect order because communication, um, even statistically. Most marriages fail because of two things, or relationships fail because of two things. The number one failure in in relationships is communication. Mm -hmm. And again, that's relationships of all kind. Mm -hmm. It can be a work relationship, an employer-employee relationship, and if they don't have the right understanding about the expectations of the other person, that's Mm -hmm. another big one, Mm -hmm. the expectations (laughs) of the other person, then most certainly that relationship is not going to be fruitful or productive. Expectations are huge. In a friendship relationship, you know, we all know that even in any type of relationship, it's never going to be 
50-50 100% of the time. Sometimes you have to give 80% when that person can only give 20%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't be both trying to give 20% at the same time because, <laughs> <laughs> because you'll never get to the point of 100%. And so it's, it's about a mutual respect mm-hmm. that says when I'm not at my best, you can hold me up. And when you're not at your best, I can hold you up. Right. And being willing to do that unselfishly. Yeah, I think we're so stuck in our egos. And it's just like everything's about me. Oh, she didn't call me, so I'm not going to call her. Right. Um, But you never know. Like, that person could be going through something very life-changing or detrimental to them. And they don't have what it takes to give to that certain relationship at that moment. Right. But you do. But you're withholding it because of your ego. Because you're not willing to be that 80% for that person's 20% at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. You're not willing. Right. Even though you're capable. Absolutely. Sheesh. <laughs> 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 oh, I agree. I know. Uh, I, I, Miss Gabby's at a loss for words. I am because I think in the aspect, well, just talking about friendship and relationship just in general, that whole if I have the 80 and someone only has 20, I totally get that. And I recognize that I do that in my friendships. I'm more intentional about that. Before I wasn't. It was, a, okay, well, they haven't called me, so mm-hmm. how dare they? Right. And then you live a little longer. It <laughs> comes with like, maturity, Wait a minute, doesn't I've it? I've been going through something. Yeah. It does. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And I really do um try so hard to extend the same grace to other people that they show me mm-hmm. and it's so hard it is so hard and i was literally like fighting with god the other day and i'm just like this is stupid <laughs> i was in my feelings about something and then i got to a place of this is stupid to like i'm so glad like i'm not god because how do you do this like people how? do you yeah. so wrong and put you on a back burner Ooh. and you're just like mm, i'm still here Nah, fam, you gotta go. Right. <laughs> That's me. You That's know? why he's got it. We're and not. I'm not. <laughs> and Praise he the made Lord, us this he way. Knew. I'm not dying on nobody's cross. All y'all gonna go to hell because y'all raggedy. Oh my goodness. That's, that would have been me. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm not gonna do what you told me to do. <laughs> I don't, oh my I don't have the capacity. That 20%? And now that's I'm playing with the mic cord. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me, okay? <laughs> so y'all better be thankful that he didn't send me because I would have said no. Oh no, thank goodness. you. I don't, I'm don't. i going to head out. I don't like it here. I'm out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabby keeping it 100. Right. I don't like it. Gabby Those 12 boys you sent me, God. All right, Jesus, all right. I no, am no, not no. here to seek and save. Right. She is not your okay. savior, okay? <laughs> but... When I think of marriage, I think that's what, like, I don't want to say scare. I don't think that's the right word, but you really have to be, like, selfless. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's serious business. And people be tripping. (laughs) Like, that's, like, you can't say, I'm out. You really have to, like, put your ego aside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because someone could be carrying that 20%, you don't know for how long you don't know. And you have to make a decision. Am I still going to walk with you through this or not? And I think so many people that I have seen just in relationships, they get to a point where 
I'm not happy anymore. I don't want to do this. So they leave because you've been, I've been pulling this 80 for so long and you haven't even met me halfway and you're not meeting my needs anymore. So I'm a, I'm a go. And I think that's what scares me because that's what is um, in our society today. That's just when things get hard, go. If you're not happy, go. If they're not meeting a need, go. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, this is literally <coughs> people's mindset now. Because that's not how I grew up. My parents are still together, thank goodness. They've been Praise married God. for, like, 30-something years. Mm. So I've seen a lot, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And they've stuck by each other. They've worked through it. Um, but just this generation, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Nobody <laughs> sticks around anymore. It's like the littlest thing can set somebody off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because they don't understand what done. love is really is or commitment that a lot of times people get married for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. they get married because they think that other person is going to fulfill every one of their needs and they don't take into consideration that that other person have needs as well yeah and so you if you go into a relationship or a marriage selfishly you're going to leave out the same way you're going to leave out unfulfilled you're going to leave out selfish you're going to leave out um angry, bitter, and all of those things because your expectations were off. Mm -hmm. And so if you go in and, like you said, you don't know how long that person has been going through what they're going through. That's a whole, whole, whole other conversation that, um, that leads up to marriage. You know, nobody, most people don't go into a marriage 100% whole. We all come with baggage from the past. We all come from other relationships, most of us. Some people have come from no relationship, which has brought along the baggage because they don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Just like with my husband and I, he had been married before and I hadn't. Now I, hadn't, I had been in relationships, but I didn't have the perspective of marriage mm -hmm. other than Honestly, at one point in my life, I didn't want to get married at all because all of the marriages that I had seen had all ended in divorce. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I had done everything in life. I had accomplished everything in life um, that the average person would want to accomplish other than getting married. And at one point, I was just like, mm, mm -mm, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. And it was because of the examples that I had seen, unfortunately. Um, but when the right example came along and I realized that marriage can be good, you just have to be willing to put in the work to make it good, mm -hmm. then my perspective began to change about marriage. Yeah. yeah. And you talk about, you know, I'm listening to three incredibly strong women here, man, and it's awesome to listen to you all and the perspective that you bring. And you, when you talk about relationship, for one, the minute you go to the he said, what was it? He said, he said he, she, she said, said yeah. they said thing. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I think that's it. You know. I can't get it right. It's so, uh, it's so awesome how you all look at that because the he said part of it is a different world, man. Yeah. Even in relationship, we don't. We don't relate the same way you all do. Definitely. Put you three in a room together, man, you all can change the world. Put three guys in a room together, you might get a, a good football score <laughs> and a nice sandwich. I, I'm keeping it real. That's how we are, you know. And so when you talk about putting that together in relationship, it's, it's two different worlds. And you talked about the 80-20 and, and not knowing when you may have to really do that. Yeah. But you talk about commitment, 
marriage is not just a commitment. Mm-hmm. It's a covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's a whole different, whole different word. word because a commitment is I'm going to agree to do this to the best of my ability. Up but covenant yeah. says I'm going to do this until, until I'm done, mm-hmm. until it's over. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they did covenants in Old Testament, man, in the Bible days, the cats cut their hands and shook their hands so that the blood was, you know, it's it was that serious. Yeah. Right. And so my wife, I mean, it's a bad lady because in the course yeah, of our marriage, <laughs> that there you go. There's the belly thing. I got to think. I finally got to ring the bell. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I feel like I belong so now. I I, man, I, I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it, it came a point in our marriage where the 80-20 happened. Mm-hmm. I ended up having to have surgery and then a series of surgeries mm-hmm. where I couldn't do anything for almost two and a half years. And she was in school preparing for a doctorate degree, raising three young children, guiding an adult child, working a full-time job, still handling all of her obligations to all of the daughters and, and little sisters that she had everywhere, writing books, and at the same time, now she's got to take care of a husband who can't take care of himself, who can't work. And this was going on for two and a half. The reality hit, and whoa, mm-hmm. But it showed what covenant and commitment was because she couldn't. And I promise you, there were times when I could kind of see it in her face. Like, do I want to do this another day? (laughs) And really, it was just the physical stress of it all. It wasn't the heart stress. It was just the physical stress of being fatigued Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm And, you know, honestly, uh, when all of that was going on, I can only remember one time. Well, it was, I don't even know if it was when that was going on. But I can only remember one time saying, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. And immediately, I got a check in my spirit that said, yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Because you said, for better or for worse. And you spoke those words. For richer and for poor, in sickness and in health. Mm -hmm. And it It didn't in the moment make me feel any better, but it made my spirit lift Mm. because I knew it changed my perspective because the physical physical fatigue can take you to places in your mind that you never even thought you would go. Mm. But when you put everything back in perspective, it helps you to say, "Okay, I can push a little further. And that's what that's what relationship of any kind is all about. I've had friends that have been sick. I have had um, co-workers that have been sick. I've had a lot of people around me who have had situations where they needed somebody else's help. And in those moments, I wanted to be there for them. Because, again, I always want to treat people like I want to be treated, whether it's reciprocated or not. Mm -hmm. I still want to give my best. I still want to grace them the way I want to be graced. Right. But I think as women, like, he listed all the things that you had on your plate at the time. We take on a lot. We do. And we can we handle We have platters. It. We don't have plates. At, thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. And they're overflowing. Absolutely. And we carry them. We carry and them. And we continue to like carry Like a waitress on our so shoulders. <laughs> you all We have platters. Right. And she's absolutely right because we take on a lot and we do it gracefully up until, you know, we get to that point and it's just too much. 
And I think that we don't utilize, you, you mentioned the covenant between the two, but we don't utilize community because we take on so much. Yes. It's just like we are not meant to do it by ourselves. Oh, like, my God. That help piece, and I think we was talking about this last week too, is just like you have to be able to be vulnerable, vulnerable and say like, okay, I need help. That is the hardest thing it in is. the world for a lot of, especially for independent women. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I had to live through. I had to grow through. And I'm really just at the point in the last couple of years where I've been able to say, hey, I need help. Right. I need, can you help? Asking the question, can you help me, still comes out like. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Or if it does at all, it's if it just, does it's, at all, but tough. fortunately, you know, I have people in my village that will say, "Let me take that off your hands." Oh, like, man. oh yeah, why don't you say something sooner? Yeah. You'd be like, "Oh my god, oh I my god, know. you don't, don't you know. don't even know what it took for me to say yes, you can help <laughs> Absolutely. me." Because that that's tough. just been my makeup, and yeah. it's it's not good though. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, Aisha, we have to. We have to not only utilize our community, but we have to invite community. Mm-hmm. We have to embrace village right. because, you know, Hillary Clinton may have said it. I don't know if somebody <laughs> said it before her, but it takes a village. Absolutely. It absolutely somebody black mama said Somebody that. black mama with a, with a, with a right. spoon, big mama, big mama with a spoon right. getting ready to spank somebody's booty said, yeah. this is the village. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. I love this. I think this is a perfect, perfect transition into talking about your book that you guys wrote together. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited. When I saw uh, Takara has shown me the cover, I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. And then she even talked about the concept of your book and everything. Yes. So I don't want to tell it. I want you guys to tell us the name of your book, what inspired you guys to write it, all of that good stuff. That is so neat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so cool. Thank you. Um, you want to talk about it? I'm good. Yep. Well, the book is entitled, It's All His Fault. And then yeah, you flip the, the book it over. <laughs> it usually is. And then you flip it over, and then it's all her fault. No, it ain't. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's the bill right, real quick, <laughs> But, of course, the, the, the subtitle says it all. The Blame Game. The right way. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell us the content. I love the... Well, you know what? I don't take credit for a whole lot of things, but I'll take credit for the flip book idea. Oh, yeah, and that was a a genius idea. We knew we wanted to write a book together, Mm -hmm. but just trying to figure out how to intermingle the chapters and all of that. And so, honestly... Five years ago, and I know it was five years ago because I found a notebook where I wrote it down. My husband is, he's such a, um, and when I said he's a smart man earlier, I wasn't kidding. He is really a very, very. Facts on the snow. That's the, (laughs) look, you don't have to prove nothing else to me, okay? I believe it. (laughs) So I learned, even when we were dating, I learned how when he starts talking or saying certain things, grab a pen and write it down. Mm. Because it's always going to come back, and it's going to come back with substance. And so I just happened to have a notebook and I still use that same notebook to this day I actually found it when we were moving a few months ago and I found the date that I actually wrote this title down when he said it and it was five years to the date that our book was actually published and he wrote he gave me the title and then later he came along he said you know I think these are the titles these are the, the subtitles that we should talk about the chapter headings and so he gave me the title of the book 
he gave me the chapter headings of the book, and then it was my responsibility to put the meat on the skeleton. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? This is some deep stuff. I don't know if I can handle it. But it's really a book about our transparent journey. It's a very transparent book. And I think it's a book that was written um, not just to heal some areas in our life, but to help others to know that there are things that you will definitely go through in marriage and you can come out on the other side of them mm-hmm. and how to go through those things with communication mm-hmm. with love with respect with understanding of expectations and all of that this is a book that I never would have written honestly because it's a very transparent book <laughs> and I'm a I'm an outgoing person but I am a very private person right. I don't want people to know my stuff <laughs> I don't yeah and so when I after it was published and I went back and I started reading some things in preparation for our book launch, I was like, oh, my God, I said that? Mm. I told people that? <laughs> oh, my God. And it scared me because, you know, the enemy is, is subtle. And, of course, he's going to always say, well, what are people going to think about you as a result of mm-hmm. you he's saying so that? raggedy. And he's raggedy. <laughs> now, he is ratchet. Now, he, he is. I still want to die on nobody's cross, but he's raggedy. <laughs> he's raggedy. <laughs> he is raggedy. And so, um, but I'm, I'm grateful that the story is out because, honestly, the very first book that we sold, the person called me the same day that they got it in their hands. Aww. And we were at another event, and they were blowing up my phone saying, I'm on chapter five. Oh my God. Mm. I am on chapter five, and this is some life changing, world changing stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, not only did it warm my heart, I was like, whew, we did that. Yes. But it also, <laughs> but, right. you know, it also helped me to, to be okay with being transparent because the goal is to not just write something, because anybody can write a book. Mm-hmm. But if you can write something that can change somebody's life or that can help someone on their journey, then mission accomplished, G.I. Yeah. Joe. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it was it was a difficult book to write, not just because of the, the personal elements of it, but for me it was difficult because uh, communication is not something I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. She says, I've been involved in media my whole life. I've done radio and television commercials for 20 years. I've done voiceover work. I've been in, I've done all that stuff. And so communicate is not a problem, but then trans, transferring that to writing. Mm-hmm. So literature, it's a whole yeah. different animal. It is. And I yeah. never met the animal before. Wow. And then when the animal came, I was like, who's this? And so I wrote all this stuff down and the person that read it said, okay, you wrote what, but we don't see you in here. What you just got a whole lot of information. It's like you're you're just preaching on a book or something. This isn't going to work. No. Nope. And I was like, "What do you mean it's not going to work? I've been writing this for three weeks. Like, you know, <laughs> I just spent all my money in Panera. To, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying Panera to write this book. in Tinley Park was our writing. That's location. our writing so he, would, he would take some days and go and just spend the whole day there writing. Then other days That's, I would go and spend the whole day writing because right. it's di- you know you it's know it's we, difficult to do that. At can't home. do it. At home. So they finally said, uh, well, you know what? You need a writing coach. I said, a coach? I, yes, you need a So they got me a writing coach. And, man, I hated this guy. I mean, I love him, <laughs> but I can't stand him because he read my book, and he says, well, this is just garbage. I said, man, what do you mean garbage? He says, well, no, it's not garbage, but I don't know who you are. Right. I need to know who you are. You need to let us feel who, and, and he made me open up. 
just incredibly. So now I'm uncapped and I'm like, okay, fine. This this is what you want. This is what you're going to get. My wife read it. She's like, I read stuff about you. I didn't even know. And I honestly, I just read his book maybe three weeks, his side of the book three weeks ago because we wrote the book in isolation. He didn't know what I wrote. I didn't know what he wrote. And even when we did our book release, we did a part of a chapter read. And I heard stuff in the book that I was like, wow, I I need to read this. And, And it was just, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. But when I finally sat down and read the book, I read it in one sitting. It's a very easy read. I, I read it in one sitting, and it it really opened my eyes up to who my husband is. After being, we've been married 16 and a half years, Aww. and I learned stuff about him and his thoughts and his feelings that I did I, I didn't connect with before. Mm-hmm. And whereas you know that goes back to that whole communication piece. We got to a point in our marriage where we were not communicating well. We didn't have the typical story that a lot of people have because we were older when we got married. And a lot of people say, oh, your first two years are going to be the roughest years of your life. Well, ours weren't. We didn't hit the iceberg until we were about, what, four or five years in? I think it was five years in. About five years in. And it was just like, who is this person? But what we realized is that we had both been wearing these wonderfully beautiful masquerade masks Mm -hmm. all of that time. We were loving each other. We were, we were loving our children. Um, we were co-parenting successfully. But there were things about each other that we did not know. And so marriage and relationship is an ongoing journey. You will never know everything about the person you're in relationship with, ever. You know, I think about the scripture that, um, that, that, uh, the scripture that says that God will perform his work until the day of Jesus Christ. It's like that in relationship. You're going to keep learning stuff every single day if you're in covenant, if you choose to be in covenant and in relationship. That's beautiful that you said that you kind of, you know, saw him differently once you read his true feelings Mm because men have to be uncorked. Just like you said, the cap came off. Yep. They internalize a lot. And it's just like once they open up, it's just like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. You're a totally different person, and now I see you. Right. Mm-hmm. And thoughts and feelings that I had, you know, about the way, again, the way I thought he was thinking mm-hmm. was not what he was thinking at all. Right. Because I had taken on certain things, and I had intellectualized them, and I had, you know, well, he just, you know, I mean, you know we, that finger? Yeah, that goes, we do the best with what they give us. Right. That's what, and then they internalize wow, all the deep good. stuff. Yes. Yeah. That was really that was, good. That's, that's golden. Where that was the that, that was the yeah that yeah. was the bell thingy. <laughs> that was the bell dingy thing. Right. I know the bell thingy things now. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you call it bell when you get home? But that is so key and that's something that I have been helping men with now because since we've I mean we've always been helping couples Mm -hmm. and because our relationship and you have to read the book is so uh, eclectic Mm -hmm. I'll say it that way because like she said she hadn't ever been married Mm -hmm. I was married twice before I married her so you can see the two different worlds there as they have to come together. She had accomplished 
everything she wanted to do. The woman had a master's degree, had owned her own house, owned her own car, had a, a child in private school. I mean, all of the, the checklist was there. Was Me, traveling and doing I, had, all other stuff. I had done all of this stuff and didn't have nothing to show for it. <laughs> you know, messed up to, from the floor up kind of thing. But all of these worlds had came together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I came in with my bag. She came in with her bag. Our bags look like they're kind of the same size, you know, not necessarily too big. But you open my bag up, and you ever seen those cartoons where you open the bag and, and everything, like 80, a, a whole house worth of stuff comes out? <laughs> that, that was my that was bag. Yours. That was my bag. And her bag, you open it up, and you could barely see in it. You know, is that a toothbrush? Or, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so those worlds had to come together. But in the process, you do learn, mm-hmm. like you said. You said something so key. All I gave her, men are not going to be apt to give you what they feel. Oh, you got a pride out of They them. hardly won't even tell you, you what they cuss think. You them out exactly. sometimes and be like, what you know, is you it, gotta, boy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you got to grab them in their off. raggedy I mean, collar <laughs> and say, hey. Oh, the raggedy collar. The raggedy collar. Know, <laughs> raggedy, the raggedy. Well, that's, that's my new word now. I got it. Raggedy. 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 Ratchet raggedy. and raggedy. <laughs> I wrote that gets those a down. One thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yes. Yeah, I, yeah you got to shake them up a little bit just to mm-hmm, you know get you everything do. that you know needs to come out because when you're internalizing, you're also kind of affecting you. Yes. So you're living day to day with everything bottled inside. Yes. And it'll come out. Yeah. It's not going to come out in a good way. But the only way that it comes out is like she said, you said. You can't shake it out. Mm-mm. You gotta love it out. Mm. Love it yeah, out. yeah. Because men have to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable in that space. Creating yes. that safe With you. space. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. That's what it comes down to. And when they do share, not like I said before, not throwing whatever they're saying in their face. Mm-hmm. Or condemning them for whatever it is that they felt comfortable enough to share. Right. That takes a lot of self control. Um, I think because you don't know what they're gonna say at you that don't. point when they feel comfortable, you kind of just gotta be like, all right, yeah, yeah. Okay. you gotta take it because you, you, you gotta ask for it. You do. <laughs> um, and I think it was so. I loved what you said, Ruby, that when you finally did read his book, um, that you learned something new, mm-hmm. and you were like, man, and I love that you didn't. I don't know if you did, but it sounded to me like you didn't take it personally. Mm-mm. Maybe that because you didn't. Um, know some things or I just thought that it was great that it drew you closer to him and you were like oh my goodness yeah. like I had no idea um, and I felt like that was like a teachable moment because I think a lot of times when you are so close to somebody and somebody doesn't feel comfortable enough to share something and they don't and then when you finally do figure out this new piece of mm-hmm. info you I think for me, I'll say for myself, sometimes I feel personal, like, well, why wouldn't you say anything? Like, I've been in your life all this time. I don't understand. But taking a step back and, like, it's not about me. Right. You know what I mean? However they've grown up, whatever their environment was, they did not feel comfortable sharing, period. Right. Whether it was with me or with somebody else. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or even if they did share with somebody else, if they didn't feel comfortable comfortable enough sharing it with you, like, okay, well, what have I said or done 
that still makes them feel like they can't come to me right and share this information so yeah. i think it's amazing that you had that perspective like wow yeah. like i see my husband in a whole new light i did i really did and you know I, I literally, I was sitting at the kitchen table um, because we're actually in our second reprinting, and I was sitting at the table. Um, honestly, I was forced to read his side of the book because there were some <laughs> things I wanted to, you know, some things yeah. that needed to be changed, you know, before we went to a second printing. And so I was forced to read it just so I could make those changes. But I was sitting there like, wow, this is golden. This is This is good stuff because it helped me to redirect my thoughts because my thoughts were going in this direction. But when he said certain things, I was like, Ooh, it made a lot of things make sense. It made a lot of things Answered make sense things, yeah. because he was able yeah. to share mm -hmm. just at certain things that I didn't think he recognized certain things mm -hmm. that I didn't think he saw certain things that, um, he said that were favorable to me. I was like, Wow! Just because they don't say it, don't mean they don't, don't see mean it. If they don't or see it or feel it. Yeah, feel it. absolutely. <laughs> so it, it really helped. And, and <laughs> hey, come on! I know that's right. Bring that's it for bell ringing. I saw that all over a t-shirt. Just, yeah. just because they don't say it, don't, don't mean they don't, don't see, see it. it. Yeah. Right, right. And a lot of the women who, because a lot of women that brought bought the book chose to read his side first and a lot chose to read my side first because mm -hmm. they were like yeah I want to know what's, why it's all his fault yeah. you know <laughs> and so some wanted to know why it was all my fault and so they read it read his side first and they would say you're going to be really pleased when you read it I was oh. like oh okay yeah, right. whatever. <laughs> and I still didn't take the time to sit down and read it until I had to but I was very very pleased and I'm sure some people are wondering how do you get this book? Absolutely. Let us yeah. know. Yes. Um, we do have a website, and it's just theblamegame.us. The Blame Game, www.theblamegameus.us. Um, we have an uh, email address. We also have a phone number. I'll leave some business cards here. But it, the book, it's you get two books for the price of one. It's only $15, and I'm going to leave this copy with you all. You all have to fight over it. Oh. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and so um but again it's um it's theblamegame.us and if you go onto our website there is actually a free download um you'll see it all over free download get this free download you also have an opportunity to buy the book and we do ship it out are we and still giving out our our system Yes, we okay. are. That's okay. the free download. Okay. We have a system that we follow in our marriage that helps us to continue to um, to continue to be married, and it's called the Four B Principle. Mm. And I'm not gonna give it to you. You gotta go. Gotta go to the website. You gotta go okay. to the website and get it. You, you saw him getting ready, didn't you? You know, and we've been actually we've been doing it so long that we um we, we just instinctively follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, it's just about being prepared being prepared, being prayerful. Um, but go to the website and get that free download. Mm -hmm. And um you can also read the details in the book because and, we both talk about it. Yeah. And guys, uh, whatever guys hear this or you, you ladies get you guys there. Let me tell you something. Um from a man's perspective I can tell you that the the book helped a lot of brothers out mm -hmm. because I'm a different kind of a of a guy. I'm I'm a I'm a very strong man. Mm -hmm. uh, I promise you. I'm 
my he family. He ain't no punk, y'all. No punk <laughs> just say that. at all. He ain't no punk. And uh, even even thing. some right. of my some of my spiritual sons and little brothers will tell you I don't I don't fool around. Mm-hmm. I don't have any colors of gray. I have right. black and I have white. And I might meet you in the middle to discuss how they might touch every now and then, but that's what you're going to get from me. <laughs> and so I'm I'm just that straightforward. But what I found out, at, at least from the guys that read it, is they're like, man, how were you able to allow yourself to open up like this? Mm. How were you able to allow your your heart to open like this? What what did you do? How did how were you able to do? Because man, I just don't see how you can say what you said or or do what you did in regard to different things that I did to get better, to get stronger, to become more of a man that understood the value of my woman. Now that's a system within itself. Like yeah. if you guys haven't created a system for that, I think that will help a lot of men to do that. Cause I, I don't understand how difficult it is. Cause as women, you know, we, we talk about everything, our feelings, our emotions, and it, it comes easy. But as a man, I can um, really relate to how difficult that is to kind of open up and express those type of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's mm-hmm. hard. From a young age. Mm-hmm. I mean, women already get stereotyped as emotional. We talk too much. We're too this. We're too that. Um, and then men from a young age, be a man, don't cry. They're like three. He bumped his head. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. He needs to cry. <laughs> he, needs to cry. Like, he needs to express it's that not emotion. Okay. You know what right. I mean? So... At childhood, men are taught, don't show emotion. Right. It's a sign of weakness. weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you take that, throw in life, right? throw in their environment, throw in anything else you can think of. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. No, I'm not. I don't want to talk to you now. Right. Because <laughs> I've right. been taught not. I've been conditioned to think this way. And then yeah. you get into a relationship with a woman um, who is deemed as emotional and to mm-hmm. this or to that. And we're like, hello, talk to me. And the dude's like, I don't want to talk. So it's like you're, it's a constant butting of heads. Yeah. And nobody understands why because we're taught two completely different things. Right. And, and it takes go- a lot of patience, too. It does. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we started the, the top of the hour with, talking about communication. Mm-hmm. The fact that we communicate differently. And we're not taught growing up that men communicate differently than women. We're no, not we're taught not. that. You know, the first thing that I heard about that was when the book, you know, men are from wherever and women Mars, are. Yeah, yeah, men are from Mars, women are from. That's the first time that I ever heard anything about men and women communicating differently. And I was like, hmm. I had experienced it, but I had never like conceptualized it. Right. You went into it blind, wasn't yeah. expecting it, didn't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, this is what they talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. I Understand that, and I tell guys, I was no different. Not at all. I I was not a communicator. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But I can tell you this, and I blame her for this. <laughs> love, real love. I'm not talking about just what you want to do under the sheets. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about love will eventually trickle through and create a grand canyon in your life mm-hmm. to where you will open up. It, it won't be easy. Mm-hmm. Right. It won't be comfortable. But when you experience that kind of love, you find yourself willing to become, you know what? I'm just going to have to try this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to see if, if I open my heart and say something, will it be okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and once you do that, 
then you, you find yourself finding a freedom that some men never find. Right. right. And once they do, then you start learning how to give it back to her. Right. And it creates that bond. It, increase, mm-hmm. it yeah. creates a bond. It, so. it increases it. Mm-hmm. It certainly does. I hope you guys enjoy the book and get it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to get that Grand Canyon kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. It's, it's a I whole new level. It, it yes. really is because when you talk about love on every, in ev- on every level, you know, a lot of times, and, and women and men are very different. Our primary need is for security and for all of those things related to security. We want to know that. At the end of the day, we're going to have a house to live in. We're going to have lights that come on. We gotta, mm-hmm. We're going to have water and a toilet that flush. Mm-hmm. We need to know that those things are secure. Mm-hmm. Men's primary needs are physical. And so if we go into relationship expecting their needs to be security, and they go into relationship expecting us to want to, you know, be in the bed all mm-hmm. the time, no, mm-hmm. it's, it just doesn't work like that. And so yeah. even when I'm talking to young girls that always say, oh, I want to get married, I want to get married, I want to get married. Why do you want to get married? Absolutely. Because guess what? At the end of the day, and, you know, excuse me, all of you all that may not like what I'm getting ready to say, but at the end of the day, you got to get out of the bed sometime. And when you get out of the bed, you got to have something to talk about. <laughs> you got to have something to relate to. You got to have a meeting of the minds at some point. You know, we we had very different concepts about a lot of things. But through our journey, we made things work. And are they perfect all the time? No. Do we still have disagreements? Yes. Do we sometimes have very lively disagreements? Not as not so much. I mean, we've never been a couple that argued and fought and all of that stuff. I mean, we just, I guess we were too old and didn't want to expend that kind of energy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes a it lot. Takes a whole <laughs> lot of energy like, to be arguing and fussing and neck rolling and you know, We were so we were never prone to a lot of arguments. I think we were probably married probably three years before we had our first argument. Wow. And it shook our kids. Now, our, our kids were, no, maybe about four years, because we, um, for those that don't know, uh, I was 40 when I got married. He was 45. And as I said, I had not been married before. And so we have three children together, which means that I had three children after the age of 40. Mm-hmm. So for all of you all God that think you. it's too late, it's not too late. Okay. I had a baby at 41. One at 43 and one at 45, mm-hmm. and have very healthy, successful pregnancies, and our children are amazing. They are incredible kids. We also have an older daughter who's now 28, and Gabby Sue knows yeah, her because she's been on this show she before. Has. She is a professional. She's a hairstylist and makeup artist to the stars, okay. and so she is amazing. And so we we uh, we have four amazing kids, and we I can honestly say that because we've chosen to take the journey that we've taken and we've chosen to um, to understand each other and to love each other on a level that a lot of people never get to, that we've been able to show that love to our children and our children have been able to um, to live the God kind of life because that's what we live in front of them. And the God kind of life included our God kind of marriage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're kind of mirroring to your children what relationships are supposed to look like. Right. Um, a lot of people don't grow up with that example. Mm-hmm. So they're left to just kind of figure it out, you know, just 
feel around in the dark to see what works, what doesn't, what light's going to come on and that type of thing. Right. Um, so that's really good. And, and that's why you say your kids are so amazing because they were made in love. Yes. And, and that's, that's all that I guess kids like really need is that example Yeah. because they grow up around parents who are stressed out, mm-hmm. who are angry, who are single mothers, you know, dealing with all co- types of things. And, um, they absorb all of that, all they of do. that energy, all of those reactions and responses. You're teaching your kids how to kind of respond mm-hmm. to the world in, in general. Right. So, yeah, and, that's really good. And it's good. You, you find out as you progress, it, like you guys know my, old, you know my older daughter, Adia. And now she is embarked in a little relationship. A little relationship. A little relationship. I'm sure she's listening and she's like, oh my God, my daddy finna put me out there right now. Uh, But she has watched our relationship and now her little boo. Ah, (laughs) A little boyfriend. (laughs) You know, he's he's a part of our church and I I really love him. He's a good guy. But but now he's, he keeps, he's, he's looking like, Man, I got the standard that you guys set. Mm-hmm. That she's not going to go be beneath that standard. Right. She knows what can work mm-hmm. and what it should look like. And so now her blueprint doesn't have to be guesswork. Mm-hmm. Her template is good. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have to go beneath that. And that makes parents feel like, you know what, we got something right. Yeah. That she's not willing to just settle for anybody talking any kind of way and calling her a B and, and, yes. and talking to her like she's some out of a a, a, a hip hop video. Mm-hmm. No, she she's not settling for that. So right. we're we're grateful that you know not just writing it but living it makes a yeah. difference. Right. Yeah, because you don't have to see your kids suffer through failed right. relationships yes. over and over. And mm-hmm. I know that's kind of hard to watch um, or even to go through, but more so to watch your children go through that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it helps, too, that he came from good stock. Yeah. yeah. You know, and For the sure. fact that they connected with one another, one another and they both came from really, really good stock or definitely um, decent stock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think this is amazing. I love this. Um, I love it when couples are honest about their relationships, especially when they're married couples, Mm -hmm. because I feel like we just have this Disney princess idea of what a relationship is supposed to be. The girl is always a damsel in distress, Mm -hmm. and she needs a man to come and save her (laughs) from the wicked, evil witch or stepmother, and then they live happily ever after, and Mm -hmm. that's it. But sometimes it really is Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) And I don't think a lot of couples... Number one, we talked about communication, but I don't think they really have those real hard conversations before they get married. I think a lot of us are so quick to, everybody just wants to be loved. Everybody just wants somebody. They romanticize everything. And you gotta get real. You gotta get real. And then it's always fun. Like when you meet that new boo or bae or whatever, that feeling you get, it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think, we get so caught up in that feeling. And if it's one thing I learned, feelings come and go. I may like you on a Monday, hate you by Friday. So <laughs> um, we get so caught up in that feeling of something being new. Um, and then as women, our time is ticking. You know what I mean? So then it's like, oh, my goodness, he's, he's got to be it. And then we don't take the time to really get to know who this person is, mm-hmm. have a good, solid foundation, be somebody's 
friend. Mm -hmm. And I was literally just talking about this with one of my coworkers. I'm 30. I'll be 31 next Friday. But as an adult, I am just figuring out how to really be friends with somebody of the opposite sex Mm -hmm. and communicate with them effectively um, in a positive way and really communicate my standard and not feel bad for it. Absolutely. Um, Or communicate my standard, period, or to even, you know how like when you're like in high school, I like you, you like me, so we go to get, no, No. I don't (laughs) like you and I don't feel bad for not liking you. And um, (laughs) the guy that I was talking with, my coworker, he was a gentleman and he was like, you know, on the flip side, um, he feels like he grew up in a toxic environment where men aren't taught to handle that rejection. Mm-hmm. So it kind of plays into like the rape culture. Mm-hmm. If you will. It was a really mm-hmm. good in-depth conversation. So it's like on both sides, women feel like they have to give in. Mm-hmm. Men aren't taught to handle their rejection. And then they're either, I don't know, since they don't express themselves, they bottle it up and one, you know, one day they get kicked off. And we even took it back to childhood where you know, when you're a little kid, it's so cute mm-hmm. that, like, oh, he likes you, you like him, give him a little kiss on the cheek, and then you grow up, you're a teenager, um, don't talk to boys, you can't talk to boys. And then, well, not teenager yet, but you're, like, adolescence, right. don't talk to boys, they're bad, because boys only want one thing. Mm-hmm. So we're conditioned to think men only want one thing. And then, for whatever reason, 16 is a good age to start talking to boys. And then you get thrown to the wolves. And, and it's, it's so like, confusing. It's so confusing because you're deprived of having these relationships because nobody's telling you how to talk to a man. Right. Nobody's telling you what to even what expect. To what to even expect. expect right. Because in my head, men only want one thing. Right. And that one thing you're telling me not to do till I get married. Okay, right. fine. So what but, do they want? So, so what, what do, do they, they really, want? So how do we get okay. from... The little girl to the married woman. To the married woman. We just kind of jump in like you're jumping into an ocean. And then you're just like, oh, my goodness. So for me, I spent a lot of my, and what people don't know, I am outgoing. I am an introvert Mm -hmm. at heart, actually. I am, too. But I get really nervous around men. And people are like, what? No. And I'm like, you guys have no idea. Like, when a man comes up and talks to me, I will, like, freeze up. And if I can tell, like, a man is interested in me, like, let's say I'm at the grocery store, I will literally avoid him. Because, you know, when they give you that little eye contact, I'll be like, in my head, like, single, oh. Gabby? It doesn't you, matter. Wait. Yes. Okay. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Okay. I am single and saved. Okay. Let me this camera again so you all can see oh, these two I'm, beautiful women. Oh, no, no. You look morning. amazing. Uh-uh, wait a no, minute. No, no, no. We got to get these two beautiful women on camera. You all been looking at me enough. I want y'all to see these two beautiful but women that are can't. available. Run, but no, I can't. No, I. Oh, I'm not available. Oh, oh, oh no. you better ring them in. She's unavailable. Okay. okay. In the pink. <laughs> But no, I get nervous. Like, I will, I'll, like, at this point, I'm grown AF. So mm-hmm. I suck it up and I'm <laughs> right. just like, but on the inside, I'm just like, oh my goodness. And for a really long time, um, I had a standard, but I was scared 
to verbalize it. And I never went against my standard, but I was just always scared to verbalize it because I was like, okay, if I do, well, how are they going to react? Yeah. How are they going to feel? And then when I did, some people were okay with it and some weren't, but I just always felt like, like I would shrink. Yeah. And when I got older, I was like, man, I really wish someone would have had these conversations, conversations. with me yeah. because life is already life is hard in general but at each point in your life it's just a different kind of hard you know what i right. mean but i just never knew like you could stand up for yourself and be like no that i don't like you i don't want to go on a date with you right like yeah and you don't okay. have to accept okay. every offer you that comes don't. and i think we get used to that like you said as kids and you know i, I like you you know check yes or no and yeah you're just like, well, i was the maybe girl i was <laughs> made my own box oh you may see that's good because the rest of us didn't feel like we had the, I, we didn't even know the word maybe existed it was like yes or no it's like ah, oh, maybe or no <laughs> I like you so we go together and it's yeah. just like as you get older you do kind of develop those standards and you know well you think you know what you want out of that relationship and it's just like but when they when they don't come as often like you're single right mm -hmm. and it's just like people don't come at you until you're in a relationship right that type of thing right so when when you're not getting the offers as often as you know when we were kids and this guy comes along and he's like, I, I don't I don't have anybody, so I'm available, so why not? So, you know, some people think like that and then they end up Absolutely. wasting their time and right. you know. You know what? Some I, I'll always say someone should write a book about it, but I'm probably just gonna have to break it down and write a book about this. Why don't you? Here's here's a a <laughs> capsule pill for you in relationships. And if if most people would do this, it would help them a lot. And I call it the eight W's. Mm. of relationship. Wow. I think I should write that down. Eight of them. Listen, write it down. Here you are. Now, here they are. Some of them are going to sound familiar and the others won't. Eight W's to relationship. Number one, who? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. When? Where? Why? Wait. Ooh. Work. When? Mm-hmm. And now, every one, one of those, that that's one. eight of them right there. Right. Every one of those in a relationship is critical for both you and that person. Mm -hmm. Who? First of all, who am I? Absolutely. Right. Then mm -hmm. I got I to gotta work on who like are that. you. Mm -hmm. What? When? And I, I, it takes too long to go through them all. But every one of those has a place. And one of the key ones is when you get to the weight. Mm -hmm. because when you get through those first five, it's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. No, you're not. Yeah. At the moment you think, okay, I got this thing down. I know what I want. I love, I think I can love this person. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to do this. Stop mm -hmm. and wait mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because time will uncover things yeah. that all of your ambition will not. Ooh. That's good. Before you go down the aisle. Before right. you Listen. head down that aisle, mm -hmm. right. take the moment of pause mm -hmm. because you'll be surprised what comes out in a moment of pause. Come into a bookstore near you. Listen, okay? <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I feel like in the whole waiting piece, or before I get to the waiting piece, but when you're single, I, of course, I desire to be in a relationship. 
However, on the flip side, I am loving being single. I do not feel like my clock is ticking. I don't feel in a rush. I have really been um, mindful as far as getting to know who I am. And there are things I'm like, girl, you raggedy. What are we doing? That's what I was going to say. See, you got your your hoop. I'm like, what in the the world? Yes. There are so many things that I've been having to unlearn or put into practice that I was like, I'm never going to do this. And God is like, okay, girl. And it's like, here we go. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that, I <laughs> I was dating this guy a few months back. And so with me doing the work, let me backtrack. With me doing the work, I was finally in a place where I was like, wow, I'm communicating well. I'm open to a relationship. I'm open to love. Like, I'm taking the steps. I'm in therapy. I'm being more vulnerable and transparent. And then here comes this guy, and we were dating, and everything seemed great. There were some things that were red flags. I addressed it, and I was willing to work through it with him. Um, And so that was another thing for me, just me even standing up for myself Mm -hmm. and addressing things. I was so proud of myself. Even my friends were like, girl, Girl. who is this? I'm like, girl, I don't know. Like, you know, and so, um, and I was navigating through like, okay, is this an insecurity I'm feeling when it comes to him? Or is this like my intuition or God? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, so one day, like I was having a really difficult time like submitting this to God because the last time I did it prior to him, God was like, you got to let this dude go. So I was scared this time. I'm like, God, I'm doing everything right. He seems like a good dude. He's nice. We have mutual friends. He's got a job. He's, You know what I mean? And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. I was like, God. He's got a job. I, th- I think <laughs> I want to give one. this to It is. What's important? Yeah. I'm like, God, I think I want to give this to you. I don't know. Like, that was literally what I said. And so when I said I think I want to, God was, like, showing me different signs. And I was like, man, I still don't know. So then one day, I'm like, okay, God. Like, I recognize I have done too much work Mm. to go back. So I need to choose me. So I'm like, okay, God. Like, rip this relationship from me. (laughs) That's literally what, like, snatch it. Like, snatch this. Like, my wit, snatch it off. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Snatch it off. (laughs) And so literally, I want to say... Maybe like two weeks later, do you know he ghosted me? And I'm just like, and so that's a whole nother story. But I was like devastated. Like, and I think it was more so because I did like him, but I think it was more so because I was finally like open and I'm like, God, but I'm doing everything right. I don't understand when I was doing everything wrong. It was raggedy. Now I'm doing it right, and it's still raggedy. That's not fair. When nope, Keisha from around the way, <laughs> oh, my goodness, like, she married. You know, like, so I was doing all of that. And then in that, my whole perspective, um, so I went through a thing. And then um, I was talking with one of my friends, and she was like, well, like, what have you learned? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> yes, She's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to give you a minute. <laughs> and so, so then um, I did. I learned that. AL was stronger than I think because I was so proud of myself yes. for communicating um, whatever concerns or issues that I had. I was proud of myself that 
I went to God, but I recognized that I should have gone to God before I opened the door to him. And I opened the door while my feelings and emotions were already invested. And I'm like, dang. And God was like, yeah, girl, like, like you did it. But next time, do a little bit more quicker. Um, and so God really has me like on this path to continue to figure out like some more things which Mm -hmm. i'm okay with because it's been fun it's been a lot of work my god Mm -hmm. but the work is not done and the work is not done and it never will be done it never will be done completely but the important thing is that you've opened the door and that now you're willing to understand first the who yeah. I, honey, I like this. <laughs> Me too. Come on, right? You, and you, you want to know? I'm gonna hide it because you know, I don't want somebody you know, to come out with this. One book. of the great things about that is, is that just when you get to win does not mean you're at the end. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to go back mm-hmm. and go through it again. Mm-hmm. You, you do, never know yeah. when you'll have to put one of those up. Yeah. Because we're always learning. Mm-hmm. We're always evolving. Right. We're always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if those things are happening, then that means that the, the elements of our life change too. Yeah. Right. So some of those who, what, when, where, why, wait are going to come up a different way. Right. If you want longevity, you have to keep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That was a dinger. Yeah. Yes. It was. <laughs> a dinger? A double dinger. <laughs> I'm getting bells today, yes. y'all. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. There's purpose in all of this. And I, I'm realizing just whether it's relationships or life in general, God doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. No, nope, not at all. Um, but in order to recognize that, you have to change your perspective. Yeah. So, you know. Just look at that as a trial run. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to practice things before you actually get to the real yeah. day. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're running a marathon, you don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to run 26.2. Mm-hmm. You practice, not. you, no, you don't. <laughs> you start out by learning how to run a mile. You learn how to breathe. Uh-huh. You learn how to pace yourself. You learn how to to know when to sprint and when to pull back, when to draft and all of those other things. Mm -hmm. You learn how to do those things. And rarely, now, all my marathon runners out there, I've never run a marathon. I started training for one many years ago. But you never actually run the whole 26.2 before the day of. You have long runs where you may run 13, 16, 20 miles, but you never really get to the point where you run the whole Mm 26.2 until the day of. And so just like in your experience, you went through those things and you learned some things about yourself. Mm -hmm. You learned some things about him, you know. Raggedy, ring the bell. I I ain't ringing the bell on no raggedy now. Raggedy, (laughs) raggedy. (laughs) That was confirmation that he was raggedy. Well, it was was confirmation, though, that God wanted you to see yourself in a different light. And you accepted the challenge. You opened the door to receive what God wanted you to receive. And now you know how you can move forward in relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's always amazing. And I think through it all, I just recognized how good God was Mm -hmm. or who he is. I feel like that was my biggest lesson um, because I kind of gotten away from that. But just, um, like, when I think back, like, oh, my goodness, this is how long it's been. It wasn't even that long ago. And my mind, my emotions, it's like night and day. They matured, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I felt just so, like, defeated. And I'm like, oh, my, thank thank you, God, that Mm -hmm. you protected me. Yes. 
from this mess? Because I feel like even if I didn't ask God, okay, take this from me, it still would have happened. Right. Anyway. Eventually. Right. But <laughs> and you would not have yeah. been as excited. I mean, even though it hurt, yeah. even though you had to go through a thing, but it would have been much more devastating mm-hmm. had he not protected your heart. Mm-hmm. Had you just put your heart out there and then all of a sudden this was ripped away and you're like, what? What just happened? Mm-hmm. You know, but he protected your heart to allow you to be able to to yeah. learn from it and to rebound. That's amazing. And it that is. waiting he is amazing. And in the waiting, huh, it can be difficult, especially like when those around you getting married in relationships. Um, but I've had to learn not to compare and just say, you know what, that's their time and yes. this is what they're ready for. Um, and I always think like, okay, maybe there's other things that I need to be doing first. Maybe there's other things that I still need yeah. to be learning. And I'd rather get it while yes. I'm single. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's so than important to mm-hmm. figure it out when I'm, ma- you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. in a lot of situations, we covet what other people have, but we don't know what they went through. You don't, and you don't know what they're still there. going through. Absolutely. To keep it. Yeah. To keep it yeah. right. It looks good, but you know that work behind it. That's good. Yeah. That's that's the hard part, and that's a lot of things that people are not willing to sign up for. Right. They're not willing to do that, and that's why they don't have you know certain things that they see other people have Uh, and that's with anything in life and that's so true I mean like I shared earlier I was 40 when I got married not that I couldn't have been married before then but God took me on a 10-year journey where I was (laughs) (laughs) look at his face (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I caught it Gabby did you see it well but it wasn't it wasn't my time to be married and I recognize that but as you were saying, um, you know, maybe there are things that you should be working on. I went through a 10-year journey where I was by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't date. I didn't go out. I, you know, I had male friends that if I needed a plus one for, for an engagement, I can call them and say, hey, what you doing Saturday? What you doing? Whatever. Just my plus one. Mm-hmm. But God took me a, to, through a 10-year journey, and I pray that nobody have to go through the 10-year journey. <laughs> I had to go through the 10-year journey because I was hard-headed the first mm-hmm three or four years but yeah so I went through a 10-year journey where I was by myself I was celibate I was you know not dating not even interested but during that time God took me through a journey of discovery Mm -hmm. who am I and all of those things to prepare me for what I would eventually have and so as Aisha said sometimes we get anxious in the waiting Mm -hmm. yeah and we even when we did start that when he came along, I was like, mm, yeah, right. What? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't interested. <laughs> Absolutely. But he was smooth. Let me tell you, I this brother right here like was that smooth. Too. <laughs> but you know what? What he did, he did he everything hit you with that right. Can you kind of love? Come on now. Yes, you he know, did. Hit you with the facts. Yes. But you know what? What he did was he did everything right. Hmm. He talked to our pastor about me because hmm. we were in the same church. Um, he talked to our pastor about me. He talked to my daughter about me. Aww. I was, when we started dating, I was like 38-ish going on 39. He went to my dad mm. and Come talked on. to my dad and got my dad's permission to date and eventually marry Aww. me. And I was like, who does this yeah. in the year 2000, in the 21st yeah. century? Who does this? Now, he was well-grown as well. We, you know, seven times, seven times three. We more than 21 and can make our own decisions. But the fact that he was such the perfect gentleman, the fact that he, you know, there was, look, I didn't allow him to come to my house for the first six months. Mm -hmm. Because after I figured out, yeah, he might be all right. I I might like him a little more. 
I didn't allow him to come to my house for the first six months. Number one, because I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Number two, because I didn't trust myself. I told you I had been 10 years. That, I'm just listen, keeping it real. Yes. That is I didn't real. trust myself okay. until I got a hold to my emotions and was able to say, okay, we're going we gonna to continue to do things the God kind of way. That was when I, I mean, my daughter knew him because we were in the same church. She didn't know him, you know, closely, but she knew him. She knew who he was. Um, And then after that six months, when we both had the conversation with her about, hey, we kind of like each other and, you know, he may be coming around and those types of things. It was just, it was just a God kind of life. And it was so, it was the perfect setup, but. I re- I'm really thankful that we submitted to our pastors, mm-hmm. even at our age. Yeah. We submitted to our pastors. We submitted to premarital counseling, which is so invaluable. Oh, wow. You cannot get married without godly counsel, mm-hmm. period. Because if you do, then you end up doing things your kind of way instead yeah. of God kind of way. And it's it's got to be more than the, do you love him? Do you love her? Okay, y'all can get married kind of thing. Our pastors were the type of pastors that said, hey, we don't even set a date until you get to a certain point in council, until you have addressed certain things, until you've come to an agreement about certain things, till you learn how to communicate about certain things. You don't even set a date. And we were good with that because we were submitted to our pastors. We worked in ministry at the church that we were in. And I had already messed it up a couple of times. <laughs> right. Okay. And she had already told him, she was like, pal, let me tell you, that it's my daughter. <laughs> you do the stupid, it's, it's going to be on. <laughs> you know, and my spiritual dad, the same thing. It was like, I, my spiritual oh my dad God. told him in premarital counseling, he said, I better not see her coming here crying one day because of something that you did to her. Because that's how they protected my spirit that way. They protected me as a single woman walking into something that I had never walked into before. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was just that God kind of counsel that really there were times when we did hit that iceberg four or five years in where we were able to pull on what we learned in premarital counseling, and that's what kept us together. Even yeah. when we Ooh. was like, mm, that's what kept us together. That's good. I mean, when you talk about it, I hear a lot of respect amongst you and him and even your daughter. Like, you brought her and set her down and, like, look, this is what, you know, we're doing. He's going to start coming around. A lot of parents don't even take their kids into consideration while dating. You know, they just kind of that revolving door in and out or just kind of spring things on kids. Um, But the kids matter, too. They do. Um, Because they're going to be around. They're going to be a part of that relationship. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just admire the fact that you respected your daughter enough to kind of ease her into that decision. Right. Yeah, that was really good. What was that like, though, like bringing her along in that decision? For me, it was scary Mm -hmm. because I had worked so hard for those 10 years, you know, and I had been single the whole, all of her life. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got married when she was um, about to turn 11. And so um, it was kind of scary because it was like I've been so long trying to protect her, trying to show her God kind of relationships, pointing her in the direction of people who did have those type of relationships, even though she didn't see it in our house. Um, But when it got to that point, I had to pray and ask God, how do I handle this? Mm -hmm. And he was the only one that, he was the one that guided me every step of the way. And he was, my husband was, um, 
like I said, he was the perfect gentleman. He knew how to handle that situation. And while I'm sitting there shaking in my boots while we're talking to her, he's Mr. Smooth. You know, as you can tell, he's <laughs> smooth. You know, he's not a slickster, but he's smooth. Yeah. She giving me the smooth thing. He's, he's smooth. <laughs> but you know what? Listen at his voice. You I know. mean, it's like silky smooth. I'm like, that's what's so. Look, they you know. still. Do you hear no. me? Girl, look, we still honeymooning. Seven years later. But you know what? It was that way because in the previous marriages that I had, one of the things that actually was a criteria of mine is that I had two younger sisters as I was growing up, and my mother and father divorced when I was young, and I was their protector because my mom and dad weren't there anymore, and my sisters are albinos. Mm -hmm. So coming up in Cabrini-Green, it looked like I had these two little white sisters, and they were always getting picked on. So I was very, very protective. And as they got older, they made mistakes, and they had kids out of wedlock. And I saw how young men treated them differently mm-hmm. because they had babies and they weren't married. And, you know, they unfortunately, they kind of looked, back then they looked at you as kind of like a second-class girl mm-hmm. because you had it, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So... I made it a point that when I got married, I actually looked for someone in a relationship who had a child that didn't have a father so that they could have somebody that would treat them like they should be treated, which was kind of crazy. I don't know where I got it from, but I continue to for it. But, But because of that, my two failed marriages were both with women who had children, and I learned relationship with them and how important it was. So by the time I got to to this queen here, I I knew it was going to be important that her daughter understood. And her daughter, her father had passed away. Mm -hmm. So her dad had had died. So it was important to me that I wasn't just marrying her and her child coming along for the ride. I was marrying a family. And at that age, she needed to be okay with that. And uh, it, it worked out to the point where even in our marriage ceremony, we had one of those actual Eddie Murphy coming to America weddings. We did. <laughs> For real. People are still talking about that People wedding. People still so talk about that later. wedding. This wow. Point. We had, yeah, we had was, the dancers. We had everything. I mean, we had all that. The whole rose petals. The whole nine. It was and all, you know, he's the actor, so it's all his. It's a production. It was, it, when I tell you it was a production, I was ready to just go in the pastor's office. I'm like, I'm 40 years old. That's Let's just go in the pastor's <laughs> office, just get married and get it on. Right. And they were, he was like, my pastor said, every woman deserves to be a bride. Mm-hmm. And oh. she refused. She said, if you all don't have a wedding, then I won't marry you. But it was important for her because that's how serious she was about me having that experience. Oh. And so oh, I'm getting ready to cry because she passed away about four years ago. And she still lives deeply in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, that's how important it was to her that I have that experience. But he being the, the actor that he is, he laid out a grand production. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. literally a grand <laughs> production. And I think had, had we not done it, um, they say you don't miss what you never had, but I probably would have regretted not doing it mm-hmm. because it was an amazing, amazing day. Yeah. It was all, the whole, the whole shebang. You definitely have it to celebrate. He's, oh, showing, he's, he's showing pictures. He's showing pictures from our reception. Let me ask Tony, what made you want to get married again? I know for just men in general, it's hard to 
open a door to close it to open it again but uh yeah. you said you've been married twice already the truth is we we keeping it 100 right yeah keep it 100 i didn't want to get married again that's understandable i had already i was a guy that came from church background mm-hmm. and so my mindset i had been married not once and messed it up but twice yeah. and messed it up my mindset is why in the world would I want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. You know? It don't work. <laughs> it, I'm like, and that was really my mindset. I was like, I have no intention of getting married yeah. again. For what? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my, 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 my brother, my friends, you know, they said, well, hey, man, I mean, what about a woman? I was like, and your point would be what? <laughs> I don't need to do this again. Yeah. I, I messed it up, and my heart was was very hurt about it because my father divorced my mother, mm-hmm. and it was something I vowed I would never do because I saw how it affected her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me to have to not only experience that as a child, but now I broke my own vow mm-hmm. that I wouldn't do it not once mm-hmm. but twice. Mm-hmm. But I had a pastor who was a her whole objective was marriage and family. She was on the radio every day. Mm-hmm for several years doing a show called Let's Talk About Marriage and the Family. And she was noted for it. So she was a marriage specialist. And one day she just asked me, she said, pal, you going to get married again? And I said, no. No, <laughs> no ma'am. And she said, I said, no. she said, well, why not? You still young? I said, I know. I said, but I messed it up twice. Why would I do that again? And then she asked me something. She says, well, you don't have any children. I said, well, it's probably my fault. I didn't, I, you know, at that time I was twice the size I am now. I used to weigh over 500 pounds. And I thought maybe I just can't have them. She said, well, do you have brothers and sisters? I have sisters and no brothers. She said, but you have no legacy. You have no family legacy. She said, that's kind of not how God works, man. She says, I think he wants you to, to have a family and get married again. I said, well, he's going to have to come down from heaven and insist on it because I'm not thinking about it. Be careful what you say. And, that, and that's exactly what I said. And she said, well, I'm going to pray. I said, have a good time. <laughs> and I think it was a few months later, my wife, before she went to, to uh, work in the mornings at our church, they had early morning prayer. And at 8 o'clock, I would go to unlock the doors so that the women could come in and pray. And I sat in the office. And I'm sitting in the office, and one day they come out of prayer, and they're going, see, Mr. Powell, bye-bye, I see y'all. And she comes by the door, and she says, may I use the phone? Uh, I need to call and check on something I'm giving you. I said, no problem. And so I let her in the office, and I left out, be the gentleman. I stepped outside the door, and she's in there on the phone. And while I'm standing outside the door, I hear, that's going to be your wife. Shut up. And I go, that's what I did. I said, exactly. I said exactly what you said. I said, shut up. And so I turned around to look at her, and I look, and I'm like, okay, I don't think so. And long story short, after a few weeks, I kept feeling it. And finally, I just went to her one day, and I said, you know, um, I said, this is kind of strange, I'm sure, but uh, I was wondering if I ever wanted to invite you out to, to dinner, uh, you and, and your daughter, would you be okay with that? <laughs> and she said, yeah, 
it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was about a year and five mm-hmm. months later, we were married. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So yeah. were you eyeing him from the not whole phone all. booth? I was not. I was not. <laughs> was I'm totally serious. I told you, I was totally oblivious to yes. men at this point. Yeah. That's and okay. he missed the part because um, what he did was he gave me a Valentine's card. And it had a $50 bill in it. And it said, um, that was before he asked to take me to dinner. And he said, um, he wrote in there something about uh, have dinner, you and your daughter, on me or something like that. I panicked. I was like, no, that ain't going to happen. I'm like, girl, we finna. I tried to to give it back to him, honestly, because I was like, I "I don't know who he think I am and that kind of stuff. And at that time, I didn't even know he was looking at me. And after that, he said, no, I just thought, you know, I see how you take care of your daughter. I see, you know, he said, and I just wanted you to treat her to dinner. He said, no strings attached. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) But, girl, we finna eat, grab your coat. (laughs) Eventually we did. Once we confirmed he not crazy, we gon' eat. We did. And we did. We went to Red Lobster (laughs) at his expense. Because my daughter, even though she was young, her babysitter had turned her on to Red Lobster when she was like two. Wow. So and she was so on a cheddar biscuit. She was on a cheddar. <laughs> and still on it to still this day. Still on it wow. to this day, to, you know, all those years later. But, you know, God is amazing. He, he works all things together for good, mm-hmm. and he knows what we need in our life, Absolutely. even when we don't know it. But, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't. I, wasn't th- I was content with being single. I was content with being a single mother, and I had long, long ago let go of the idea of wanting to be married. Mm. And so I was good. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm all right. I love this. You guys, we are almost out of time. Yeah. But before we go, real quick, if you could give one piece of advice to those who are wanting to get married, what piece of advice would you give them? The first piece of advice that I would give them is get our book. Okay. And where can we get the book? Where can we get the book? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to leave some of these cards here. And our website is not on here, but it's the last part of our email address. Um, But it's www.theblamegame.us. That's the first piece of advice that I would give them. The second piece of advice that I would give them is to honestly just to wait. To, when you get to that, um, what step was that? Six, seven, five? Yeah, six. Where weight comes along, just to wait mm-hmm. until you know that it's who God wants you to be with. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I had to give one, this this is a, a real important one to me. And I, I said this before you even get to marriage, when you get to relationship. Mm-hmm. When you're starting relationship, one of the first things, and I think a crucial mistake that people make, is they go into relationship looking for someone that's like them. Mm. Yeah, They're true. looking for someone that they have everything in common with. They look for someone that they, oh, you like the same things I like. You think the same way I think. You talk the same way I Don't look for someone who is synonymous with you. Look for someone who has the opposites of you. That polarity, it it makes a difference. You want the right marriage polarity. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the way magnets work is that the the positive is only drawn to the negative. Mm. The two positive ends together will not connect. 
They may touch, but they won't stay connected. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that whatever your positives are, you will find the answer in the negatives of that other person. Mm -hmm. So don't be repelled by the fact that, oh, my God, he doesn't like anything I like. He doesn't do anything that I want. We have nothing in common. That may well be the perfect person mm -hmm. for you. And when you start there, at least now you've got something to connect with. Yeah. And let God work out the polarity and the differences over time. That's good. Well, on that note, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> that is our time. Thank you so much for coming. I enjoyed myself to the fullest. Yes, Indeed. me too. We had a good time. Yes. We did. So we will definitely have you guys back on. I really Thank love you. this. Thank you. Um, thank you guys for tuning in on this gloomy Saturday. Um, you guys can buy me gifts. You can cash at me <laughs> at Gabby Sue because my birthday is it's next Friday. Friday. That's G A B B I E S U E. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And yes. she is not raggedy. I am she not, is not I'm raggedy. I'm not raggedy. She is not raggedy. <laughs> That's a 3-4 bell <laughs> ringer. Come on. She is not raggedy. She is not ratchet, y'all. Thank you so much. And we are out of time. Out.